0: Welcome to the Hired Geek Podcast, where we explore the impact of edtech on the student experience with engaging, fun, and relevant conversations that honor the wide range of work happening all across the higher ed ecosystem. I'm your host, Dustin Ramsdell, Community Engagement Lead at Pathify. You join me every week for discussions with some of the best minds in education technology. The Hired Geek Podcast is a proud member of the Enrollify Podcast Network, a robust collection of shows designed to help higher education professionals like you grow every day explore all of our other shows at enrollify.org or check out some of my personal favorites linked in the show notes below enrollify is made possible by element 451 the leading ai powered all-in-one student engagement platform helping institutions create meaningful personalized and engaging interactions with students learn more at element451.com I'm excited for this episode. Uh, if you're keeping up, this is the second episode this season with a fellow Enrollify Podcast Network host. Uh, I'm excited to have as many folks I, as I can kind of manage to get on. And, you know, uh, they're all amazing, busy people. So I know there might, uh, you know, be some gaps and stuff in between when they uh, get to be on, but I uh, look forward to hopefully having everyone on. And for our episode today, a newer member of the Enrollify Podcast Network, excited to get to know a little bit better. I've observed her on the podcast. Uh, You know, interwebs, LinkedIn, and places uh, doing some really cool stuff. So Dave, if you want to uh, briefly introduce yourself and kind of your background, and then we'll get to more of your current work and uh, your podcast.
1: All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Dave Kibilt, everyone, host of the Talking Tactics podcast. I'll give you like four bullet points. I was born in Caracas, Venezuela, so I'm a Latina. Uh, I've lived in six different countries, uh, so I'm also a lot of other things. And I'm currently in Canada. Here in Canada, we live car-free. So that's a big family commitment we've made in a very non-walkable city. And I'm mom to a five-year-old kid who's the love of my life. For work, I'm a strategist at Ology, Ology is an employee-owned marketing and branding agency for education. And uh, professionally, I've also recently really uh, kind of claimed email as my thing. So I'm co-authoring a book with my professional soulmate, Ashley Bunn, and it's all about email.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, yeah. I want to honor that Better Email book and it was uh, forthcoming. Uh, As we're recording this, this is, uh, you know, we're we're waning days of 2023. So I think something for folks to look forward to in uh, 2024. (laughs) I imagine this episode will will come out in the future and I don't know where where the book might be at that point, but uh, certainly folks can uh, look for that. But Ology, uh, you know, that is uh, a name that I've kind of just become much more familiar with because I you know uh, Rollify has had some uh, uh, relationships with you all and everything. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, though, if you want to explain briefly what Ology does.
1: Yeah. So Ology basically um, does branding, marketing, digital, and web for nonprofit institutions. Um, primarily, we've been working with educational institutions for the past 15 years or so. Um, and it's anything from helping you find that one cohesive brand story to like actually placing it in the market. Um, so we we have a few teams. I'm on the strategy team. I'm a strategy director. My particular role. Actually, I, I love my job. I really, really love my job, and it's so hard. Like it's so rare to hear people say that. Like I adore my job, and the reason I love it is because i i get to I get to like really dig and learn. Uh, about an institution in ways that really fill my cup. So one is uh, like spreadsheets and data and documents and like trying to make sense, trying to find the unifying thread in a hundred documents, but also conversations with students, faculty, staff, leadership, and trying to make sense of that somehow, trying to find identity somehow. And that is such like once you get it right, when you get it right. Um, when you're, you know, presenting this back to, to the members of the institution, usually people cry. <laughs> like if you have a brand, right, people will cry. And it's, it's such, I don't know, it's such a unique feeling to empower folks with like the words that they have always wanted and have never been able to articulate. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the brand strategist work that I do. I'm also very much an enrollment marketing strategist and and specialist because that's really where my career in higher ed was before Ology. So there it's really about, hey, who are we targeting? What do we want them to do? Let me build you out this whole plan of the channels and what you'll say in those channels and all of that stuff. So um, I'm basically, when I was working in higher ed before Ology, like this is what I kind of wanted to do all the time. But the day to day consumes you, and the the people leading com- like consumes you because I had a really big team. So this is like I'm doing all my favorite parts of the job with none of my not so favorite parts. So that's that's my role ideology. It's a dream come true. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a <laughs> that's a
0: beautiful thing, and uh, yeah, I mean, just like it, it is interesting, kind of uh, kind of getting uh i'm trying to think of the right word but just like very kind of like mushy about like the work that you do that it's you know the brand the story mm-hmm. and like the the words and things can get very like yeah emotional and inspirational and aspirational and sort of like mm-hmm. really you know wrangling like that was like the the metaphor in my head is like that idea that if you asked you know people at an institution or really like, any organization like they could anecdotally tell you those things that you're saying and like kind of speak to it but then you're trying to kind of lasso and kind of wrangle and rein in yeah. and be like all right let's start to get our arms around this and kind of you know, uh, yeah. write it down but, and kind of how are we going to leverage that? You know, in terms of like okay. strategy
1: and um, you know, I mean, that, so. honestly, yeah, one of the the most fulfilling things is is really finding that essence, right? Because a lot of higher ed folks, when you ask them, you know, about their institution and what their institution offers, like it's all talking points. It's all a list of talking points all the time. It's the small class sizes. It's the great campus community. It's the whatever. Like that's that's not that's none of it. Like that is not it. That is your product but who are you and so like really kind of like finding it is very fascinating for me as a person but for them it's so powerful because the brand is the reason people choose one school over another if everything else is held equal right if it's similar programs, similar financial aid similar whatever so um yeah i i'm just i'm finding a lot of joy in this work and uh ology is just a great place to do it because we have extremely talented people to make brands come to life
0: yeah I know uh, I think she's been on I mean probably every podcast I've done at least once uh, the person I know most uh, I guess like uh, kind of long running from ology who kind of like made me aware of them. Uh, Becca Ultimer. Uh, ah, she, yes. uh, she's been like a guest at least once on like every show that I've done. Yeah. Which is kind
1: of just, like, Becca fun. is incredible. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I always appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with her. And I think it's an idea of like of a place like that, it just seems to like kind of attract like in its orbit, I guess like uh yeah. you know, like minded awesome people and everything. But I guess as sort of the, the last word on like the the work that you're doing and everything because this has been a ringing in my head and I, I've uh, recorded, uh, you know, I guess behind the scenes here, I recorded an episode of this show earlier today where this kind of came up. So it's you know, fresh in my mind. But the idea of like how you're saying like a lot of institutions will kind of, you know, give those like talking points or whatever. And that like, uh, to me sometimes, especially like some of the things that you see just very prominently of like the billboards or the airport, you know, ads and all that, like they're just so generic and it can almost be interchangeable with any institution. So I'm curious if you have like a point of view on that because it's that idea of like, the you know they'll have like you know their logo and it's like start here go anywhere and it's just yeah, like, it, that's purpose. like some, yeah and it's just like sure <laughs> that is part of it but like you know and they had their own <laughs> angle on it but i'll just sort of present that to you of how stuff like that strikes you because it seems like you do have to kind of confront a lot yeah. of those sort of notions of people that are kind of just like backslide by default into sort of just land generic maybe they're seeing it somewhere else they're like well that's us too right like they're our peer and whatever like so you're kind yes. of trying to find those unique things so like what what are your thoughts on that kind of dilemma
1: yeah i mean I'll, I'll tell you like my my personal opinion like how that affects me but i'll also tell you like my professional opinion for the industry so um as as the strategist typically in charge of signing like whatever that thing is that's going to make you different right one of i i mean i've been working at all for almost two years at this point so like i've there's been dozens of clients that i've worked on and uh one of my personal goals is never never create a strategy that feels like another one i'm done right and like we're very similar like that uh Like, we kind of, as a strategist group, like, that's very important to us. Distinct is important, right? Distinct really matters. Um, But then, like, you you think you created this thing that's super unique and super true to the place, and you kind of show that to your client, and they're like, oh, I don't know. I think it should be. Make an impact, right? And you're just like, but no, no, it shouldn't. (laughs) You want to be different. So like one of the things that I would say in general for the industry is different is good. Different is good because different is one piece of being distinct and having people recognize you for who you are, right? The other piece of distinct is better. Different and better makes you distinct. So what are those things that you really believe you could claim um, that really, really, really no one, at least in your comparable peer set does as well as you do or at all and like can that be the thing that you bring to the forefront and for some places that might not be the you know the 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 fruity nice stuff that we want to say for some so for some places it might be like the you know the the incredible research prowess right like that's not this great soft thing but it might be like people spending hours in a lab right and, and that, like that grit, that thing that like, maybe that's the thing. So I, I would encourage folks to try to find what is different and really lean on that. And as a strategist, like I'm trying to balance that. It's what makes you really different that still feels true that we can put out there and people are going to be like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Because um, find your purpose is everywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's just been echoing, I think, in a lot of different spaces and circles and conversations that i've just been like you know other podcasts i listen to or whatever else like that's i think going to be very much a through line of the, like these next couple of years with all these sort of existential crises that higher ed is sort of like going through and i feel like they're, they always latch on to one or another whether it's MOOCs or ai or you know oh my God. Uh, whatever yeah. else or whatever Moves! you know the, the oh, enrollment, what a the enrollment cliff. yeah um <laughs> <laughs> that it like you know challenges the existing paradigms it's the yeah. idea of like okay if enrollment is going to be like that much harder like it was tough to begin with we got you know, enrollment cliffs coming up. Whatever, you know, sort of existential crisis. How do we sort of navigate this moment? Like that would be part of it. Is you know, I think we are going to be putting in the rearview mirror that that moment of like, okay, all these interchangeable, bland, generic, kind of shallow, you know, taglines or whatever. And every institution really leaning into like, okay, well, if we have to cut programs, if we have to be lean, if we have to be sort of more uh-huh. kind of scrutinizing with how we sort of exist and survive and hopefully thrive. Yeah, it's like find out that thing that's going to be, you know. Uh, what makes us different and better so we can, you know, be more distinct in terms of the options out there. Cause it's like, I think there is always going to be options for, you know, people pursuing higher education and you just have to figure out like, okay, you know, how do we fit into Mm -hmm. sort of the suite of options and that kind of stuff. So, um, And that's, that's, you
1: know, know, that with the generic stuff. I think what I, the last thing I'll say on that is that's what higher ed does. Higher ed makes an impact, helps students find their purpose. How do you contribute to that? that's how you do it and that's what we should be talking about and the fear is well who's that going to push away like we don't want to alienate people who might not be into the way that we do that here like no you do you you do want that you want to make sure they understand if they fit there or not and you want to and by being bold and putting that statement out there that's not generic you're going to attract those that never knew about you in the first place so Mm -hmm. um, it's the year for bold everyone
0: yeah, that's, that's another good, uh...
1: bold, be bold,
0: <laughs> uh, be bold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good, uh, you know, we like our calls to action here. Um, so we'll have to <laughs> ask you for another one here at the end, but uh, so yeah, I mean, that's obviously like that's your day to day work, you know, working in that strategy space. And I, I think, certainly, I guess, my my point of view is like you obviously have to kind of articulate that strategy, and uh, like tactics are the way that you sort of like you know follow through yeah. on that maybe so it's like you kind of have to like you know can't do one without the other or whatever but uh so that is you know as you said you uh, uh host the talking tactics podcast as part of the real fly podcast network and everything and that like i think it is to me a very refreshing addition where there's i think no shortage of whether it's in higher ed or elsewhere you know uh content that you can find as just sort of thought leaders and just you know positing Mm -hmm. theories and this and that whatever. And it's maybe kind of lofty and not really super tangible or relevant or actionable for people. So I think, it, you know, you are distinguishing yourself in that regard with this show, which I, you know, I think is very admirable. Uh, But, you know, podcasting, even as much as it's become more normalized, not for everybody, not everyone is doing one. Like what inspired you to get into podcasting? I guess, go about it in this particular way.
1: It wasn't really, Oh my God, I want to be a podcaster. Like that was never, never the goal. I got the idea because as an enrollment marketing strategist, right, like you you just said it, like I have to make these plans for, for schools to see a difference in their enrollment. And I am able to do that because I worked in higher ed for 13 years. Uh, but the longer I don't myself run an enrollment operation the farther away from it I am, right? So I started, I've always been, I'm a very futurist thinker. I'm always kind of three steps ahead in my own mind. Like, what am I gonna be doing two years from now? Like, how do I set myself up for that? And I'm like, worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't been, I haven't had a campus job in two years. So like, how quickly am I gonna be obsolete? You know, (laughs) but I don't know how things work anymore. And I'm like, I wish I could just talk to folks doing the work to see what cool new things they're doing. And then then I'll now, right? So I get a lot of that learning from going to conferences, for example. So like Hyde Web is a really good one because they tend to be very tactical there uh, where you can kind of see how what folks are trying and what folks are doing. Uh, but I had the idea like it could be a podcast, like it could be just like you said, like a lot of the stuff that's out there right now is incredible, but it is very lofty. So like what about the how do I make that happen show? Um, what do you put in a plan and like a tactic plan? So, uh, during this kind of existential crisis about being obsolete that I was having, <laughs> Zach Busi Cruz, who, um, like heads up the enrollify network, put out this LinkedIn post and he was like, we're looking for new creators. And I'm like me, me, I want to be a creator. I have an idea. And I sent him the idea of talking tactics and, uh, that's that's how it came to be but really like my my motivation like why get into podcasting for me it was really about learning more than anything else um the second reason for doing it and and the reason talking tactics as an idea came up is because of the shows that are out there are so lofty and uh inspiring but really hard to implement i wanted to do the opposite on purpose Because I wanted a show for the folks that, like, have to show up to work every day and they have to enact a strategy. Maybe they wrote the strategy, but they still have to do the thing, right? Like, they also have to do it. And they're running out of ideas of how, right? Like, if, you know, they want to make an impact on their reach or engagement or enrollment or some sort of part of the funnel, they want more apps, they want more yield. How? How do I do it? So I, it was really important to me that every episode focused on a single tactic that, like, was broken down to the how to like step one, step two, and that it had to be done with limited resources because that's the reality of most teams. Right. Uh, so that I really wanted to create a resource for the people that are sitting at their desk like I need an idea, but I have no money. We're a team of two or one and a half and I don't even know where to start. And I, I wanted to create a resource for folks to just have get source those ideas.
0: I mean, that's, like, such a, I mean, like, empathetic place. And then even, like, and I say this because it's definitely true for myself as well, is, like, it's, like, not completely altruistic either. That idea of, like, I want oh, to learn. Yeah. So, like, that's but, even yeah. just, like, a good, ex- like, internal motivator. But then it's, like, doing it in a sense of, like, empathy and uh, generosity of, like, well, I, I I could figure out how to do this and I would be the only beneficiary. But it's, like, I'm going to do this in a way that, that I can share it out with everybody else. And that's, like, mm-hmm. I think really just you know uh sustainable clean kind of like you know engine to kind of you know run from and doing a podcast because some people do it as sort of an ego serving thing or whatever and if they're not getting the kind of attention they want they'll just be like "Ah, that's not worth it just like shut it down um so i think yeah very similar in my own way i guess for my journey Um, even with it starting many years ago, uh, it's still kind of just that sustainable driver of like, there's just so many interesting, you know, people to talk to. And like with mine having just this very liberal mandate of higher education, it's like, yeah, let's try to cover as many kind of nooks and crannies as we can. i just, there's a lot of things that go into making, you know, high quality, effective, accessible higher education happen. So certainly there could be just obviously lessons learned, certainly all the tactics themselves, you know, things that you've learned, but uh, just like the you know, the kind of experience of producing it and hosting it and putting yourself out there and all that kind of stuff. Has there been like lessons that you've learned from this experience?
1: Yeah, Uh, I would say the biggest lesson or I guess kind of awakening was or and still is like people do not think they have things worthy of a podcast episode. (laughs) And I'm like, no, but you do. You know, that little thing that you tweaked in your form and got you 50% more completions. Yeah, that's a podcast episode, right? So uh, it's been shocking to me how when you are reaching out to the folks who don't normally do conference talks and get on podcast shows and um, like have are out there in any way, they're like, wait, but no, I'm just doing my job. And I'm like, your job is extraordinary. Like what you are doing is incredible. And let's let's share it and let's have more people hear it let's have people learn from you um and i still like i've had folks who like can't can't get over that feeling and like politely decline to be on the show and i'm like but people really should know Uh, and there's others who like despite their own like fears about being on a show and like public speaking uh they try it and then they it kind of opens up all these doors for them to like submit to conferences and and network a little bit more and like in my opinion, like that's really the key to, to having a really strong career in higher education. Yes, you're doing your job and you're doing it well, but you also need to tell others about it. And you need to go to conferences and share and learn. Um, so that's been the biggest lesson, like that the just by the nature of who my guests are, how they just don't see how what they're doing is special at all. And uh that's that's been a bit of an awakening. Um then there's also uh, it's interesting because sometimes for the show there must be a result. It has to be limited resources and there has to be some sort of like demonstrable is that a word result <laughs> result that you can demonstrate. And uh, sometimes I ask them like, so have have you compared this to last year or did you notice that there was a difference in I don't know a certain segment? And They're like, oh, I never I never asked myself that. And I'm like, well, go find out. And when they do. And, and they had, it had an effect that they didn't even understand or anticipate. Like, go tell your boss, (laughs) put this in an email and send it to your boss and tell your boss to tell their boss and like celebrate yourself. So, um, it's, it's a really interesting kind of because of where this podcast is on like the hierarchy of higher education staff. Um, how kind of humble they are and and they don't know how important it is that the, the work that they're doing so that that's been the biggest lesson for me um there's been other kind of smaller lessons like use a project management tool but that's that's more production yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah and that's kind of like wonky I guess uh you know uh, not everyone is being a podcaster that's like some of the stuff yeah that I always encourage folks to do but uh yeah I mean that's a really interesting takeaway the idea of the kind of the sensitivity and the kind of the coaching of people to be on and have the confidence to do that. Um, where every once in a while, and uh, actually one of the ones I recorded recently, like with somebody who would never been on a podcast before. And it just, it's one of those things about helping them to feel comfortable and prepared and, and uh, all that, because it's like, you know, even doing this as long as I have, like it's, you know, you might, steer too much in one direction of like, well, I only want people that are like pros at it and this and that. The other thing was like, well, an important mechanism of this is like in your small way, creating this content, you know, uplifting diverse voices and all that of like, you know, people like Mm -hmm. who I'm assuming you're talking to where like they wouldn't have many opportunities otherwise to do this. And then you're enabling them and getting that spotlight shown on them, you know, uh, as they should, like, that they, they deserve. And it is that kind of funny thing. Like you said, where it's just like, great. Thank you for sending me that info about how, you know, you made a positive impact and like also tell your boss, like, cause it's yeah. like, great. Good for tell me. This will, this will be a good episode, <laughs> but also for you because you're awesome, but you did good work. Like you need sure to, to not- tell your boss, you yeah. need to submit this to a
1: conference. Like, yeah, I do that all the time and uh, it's, it's very rewarding. And there's actually one of my guests from season one who I just got an email from her recently and she said, you know, it was, she was first time podcast um, guest, and she was talking about a tactic on Reddit and uh, that I, because of being invited on the show and doing the show, she was definitely not in her comfort zone. She got out of her comfort zone and then like was brave enough after all like the good positive feedback she got to submit her talk to or her topic as a top two case SMC. And she got in and I'm like, wow, that is a huge deal. That is a Difficult conference to get into and like she sent me an email to thank me and I'm like oh my god thank you this is so it's just it's very rewarding this show is extremely rewarding in every way
0: <laughs> yeah and I think yeah it's just I'm glad that there's been I mean one just like I think uh, it resonates with the audience just sort of like the people listening but then like yeah this is something that's having sort of this like positive impact for uh, the people that are your guests, like there's sort of this additional uh-huh. little X factor when it comes to just sort of the magic that you're helping to make happen and to, to highlight and everything. But um, so, you know, yeah, you've, you've done uh, all of your episodes of the season, some special releases that were really interesting too, kind of trying to follow the thread a little bit further of, you know, things that people are doing and kind of the longstanding... Uh, kind of impact on folks' careers and everything. So I definitely recommend folks checking out those as well. But uh, I know, you know, we're recording this in kind of uh, the final days of 2023 and uh, winter breaks, a lot of shows kind of uh, on hiatus and everything. Uh, What are you looking forward to next year with your show? I don't know, like if it's just kind of like Mm -hmm. keeping the machine going or any kind of new innovative ideas that you can tease for folks to get excited about.
1: (laughs) Um, Season two is going to be amazing. Um, It it follows a very similar vein as season one in, in the sense that, the nature of the podcast brings a lot of innovation because it's folks trying things they've never tried before and seeing that it succeeded and then getting others to try. So uh, I'm really excited for season two because there's a lot of AI tactics, AI related tactics uh, and like cool little ways that you can implement AI that make a difference that are, again, limited resources. Uh, But there's also like back to basic tactics like, hey, let's, let's make a good event. How do we do? How do we make a good event? um there's podcasting surprisingly on the show as well so there will be some some podcast episodes and how to feature members of your community on podcasts uh so there's it's kind of venturing into kind of this new technology space or new ways for higher to express themselves but also uh back to basics so i'm i'm really excited about that combination because i really think that combination is key for us and and when technology is making giant leaps. It's also like, let's not forget what we do. And uh, my dream, honestly, for 2024 would be that somebody listens to an episode, goes and tries it, and then comes back and tells me that they tried it and they had good results too. Like, I, that's my wish for 2024. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> a
0: wonderfully meta episode is like I someone talking a tactic that they learned oh. from talking tactics and then like, yes. you know... Oh, my God, <laughs> please,
1: let's I manifest. Guess,
0: yeah, like it, the stupid thing that I also thought of, because like my like kind of comedy brain always thinking, where it's like, and then what you have to do is maybe do a reaction show where you react to you reacting to someone's talking tactic about the talking <laughs> tactic. Like, you just have to keep sort of like the content, you know, sort of ecosystem just and like stratosphere. Keep, where it, so, going. Like, keep yeah, it going, keep like, it going. I react to my own reaction of whatever, you know, uh, everyone's seemed like Bo Burnham, you know, they had a really good skit about that in his Special. Maybe we can use the kind of final thought call to action here because I think, yeah, it's been really exciting to see your inaugural season be a success and uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, what, what what is to come for your podcast in the new year and just all the other awesome stuff that you're doing. But I know you mentioned like the uh, better email book that you're working on that should be coming out in 2024. Um, so if you want to kind of use your final thought for that or anything else as we wrap up the episode, uh, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, so my, my final call to action is tactics matter and you know strategy sets direction and it's important but the tactics are the movement and it's the way that you get there i end every episode of the show with keep walking the walk and talking the tactics and what that means is do the work try the thing take the leap and then talk about it talk about it because as we kind of shared throughout this episode like your boss has to know peers in higher ed want to know i want to know so keep doing the things, keep walking the walk and talking the tactic.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for, for hanging out and sharing all that you did and all your awesome work. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next year and all those that have come. And uh, we'll have ways to connect with you and your show in the description. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Dustin.
0: The Hired Geek Podcast is a part of the Rollify Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, chances you'll like all the other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing constantly, and we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks all designed to empower you to be a better hired professional. Our shows help you find your next big idea and feature a selection of the industry's best as your host. Learn from people like Jamie Hunt, Seth O'Dell, Dave Kibbold, and Eddie Francis, as well as so many other of your favorite leaders in higher education. Enrollify is made possible by the support of Element 451, a leading AI-powered, all-in-one student engagement platform helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, engaging interactions with students.
1: Learn more at element451.com.